Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us once again. This has been a long day for everybody, but a good one. Very profitable day for the Texas football program. My name is Ray Peters. You're watching On Texas Football, the YouTube live stream. We're also on podcasts. Millions of people listen to us. and so uh, they, yeah, Millions. Millions. I do. I, I saw your numbers there, Bobby. So Bobby Burton up here, CJ Vogel, Rod Babers. We're going to bring you some uh, information here tonight about the Texas early signing day. It's been, uh, like I said, a great one for Coach Steve Sarkeesian and his Longhorns. And then we also have the possibility of adding a linebacker from uh, deep East Texas over in Jasper, Ty Anthony Smith. He announces in probably about 10 minutes or so. And Bobby, what do you want to say about uh, what we've got going on tonight here on On Texas Football? And uh, specifically, let's chat about Ty Anthony in a bit, too. Yeah, absolutely. So let me start overall. Texas signs 22 players today. Uh, is that, I believe that's right. Uh, 22, uh, 21. Uh, wait a minute. Time out. Texas has signed 21 players today. They possibly can sign 22 if Ty Anthony Smith comes aboard. As of right now, Texas has 15 of those that are early enrollees. Ty Anthony Smith would be a 16th early enrollee. Uh, the Longhorns are currently ranked five in the on three consensus nationally with this recruiting class. Uh, Texas attempting uh, really to become uh, the first group in quite a while in, in Austin to go three consecutive years with top five recruiting classes uh, as Longhorns prepare to play in the college football playoff on January 1st. Overall, it was a big day for Texas. Ryan Wingo caused, was cause for concern. At one point, uh, the wide receiver out of St. Louis had not sent his in his uh, letter of intent in. He did so around noon today. Uh, that was a big sigh of relief. Uh, and then everybody else follow or everybody else had already gotten theirs in. And Texas also announced the signing of Matthew Golden, the wide receiver out of Houston, and Andrew Makuba, the defensive back out of Clemson. Uh, those guys come aboard uh, for the Longhorns. Uh, also, other news, uh, Dominic McKinley, a commitment to Texas A&M, did not sign today. De'Alen Evans, another defensive lineman from Longview, did not sign today. Alex Foster, a defensive lineman from Greenville, Greenville, Mississippi, that visited Texas over the weekend, did not sign today. All three of those guys say they're taking uh, their decision into the new year. Additionally, Steve Sarkeesian stepped to the podium about 50, about uh, two hours ago and told folks that he is still looking for another receiver, potentially, in the, either in the portal or in the high school ranks. Uh, also said that he's still hoping for a couple more players to finish up this recruiting class. We think he's talking about a young man uh, named Ty Anthony Smith as part of that. Ty Anthony is the linebacker out of East Texas that Ray was talking about earlier, as well as Trey Moore, a portal prospect from UTSA that's down to both Texas and Alabama. That is a start to today's. <laughs> that's, that's, what's, that's what's going on. I, and I didn't even mention Aaron Hampton flipping from Ala, from Texas to Alabama yeah. this afternoon. Uh, here's Bevo Lorian. Ty Anthony uh, was waiting for Rod Baber's signed card to arrive <laughs> before he announces. If you missed that, Rod apparently didn't sign someone's card rookie card of him that the person got for 49 cents off of eBay. It cost more to ship that thing, Rod. Hey, 49 cents? Oh, it went, oh, up. That was it went up in value then. I, I, I don't know. 14 If this worth 49 cents, it's, it's doubled in value since last time I checked. So <laughs> I'm all about it. Rod, before we're, we're going to try to carry uh, Ty Anthony Smith's uh, stream live here, uh, his announcement. 
at 6.30. Before we get to that, uh, you and CJ have been at it all day today. Rod, you were on the horn this morning. Then you came on with us this afternoon. CJ, you were on with us almost all day. Rod, I want to ask you and CJ both your major takeaways from today for the Longhorns. I'll start with you, Rod Babers. Uh, oh man, it's it. You know what? Honestly, that 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 Jeff Banks interview still sticks out in my mind. It does, it does, man. I I you know because he was on Longhorn Network, and I I keep looking for it. They have the Sark interview up there. But they have they don't have the hmm. uh the, the Jeff Banks interview, and they were doing some coverage. LHN does a good job. They got really good uh, people there. And, and I'm just trying to paraphrase what Jeff Banks said, but he said essentially that we're looking for signs in recruiting. We're, we're, we're talent acquisition period, right? We're talking about recruiting and the portal. It's all together. They're looking for signs. And he said, if they don't see those signs, then they're not going to bring the player in. They're not going to pursue the player. And the signs he said they're looking for is signs of respect, respecting the game, respecting your teammates, respecting the locker room, respecting your coaches and he kind of went on and on and he basically said if we don't see those signs people may wonder why isn't texas pursuing this player this player is you know one of the best players at their position one of the best players in the country respectively their positions he said if we're not pursuing that player it's probably because we don't see those signs and i he didn't and i you know he didn't go into detail because they went on to another question but i'm assuming he's saying that doesn't make the player a bad player not at all but it's, it's like, it, it, it's just like we're trying to date somebody, right? It's been a long time since I've been to dating world. So CJ, I don't know if you're single. I'm not sure your status about all that. All, the rest of us has been a while since we've been dating. But when we're dating somebody, you're looking for signs, right? Signs of compatibility. Signs that we fit, right? It ain't the, 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 the hottest person you dated, that was the, the person that you married, right? You you probably dated hotter people than the person you married. I'm not saying, hey, don't take my wife <laughs> She, my wife, I'm the except my wife is the hottest person I ever did. There you go. Yeah, um, yeah. But you get my point, right? It was about compatibility. Do you fit? Do we fit? Is our culture gonna be good together? It's the same thing that they're looking for in recruiting. It is delicate. And when I heard him say that, it makes sense. These guys, I always said you were recruiting things you can't teach. So you and you can't teach character. That's something that comes from upbringing. That's something, and they're. I think they're recruiting character too, as a part of skill and of speed and all the other stuff too. I think that's part of it. That stands out. Too. That's why they're being so selective. CJ, what about you, bud? You were at the press conference this afternoon too. Uh, you were with us all day. You watched the trans everything transpired this past year, covering recruiting across the the entire year. What What are your big takeaways from today for Texas? I love Rod's point when he talks about, you know, finding guys that fit what Texas is building right now, uh, you know, kind of the, the locker room and the culture and everything that we've talked about, you know, almost every day for the last two years since Sarkeesian took over the job. There's been a, a 180 complete flip in what it was uh, or what it was under the previous regime to what it is today. Uh, and something that really stuck out to me from, you know, uh, Sarkeesian's press conference about the on-field play of a lot of these guys is just the versatility. You know, a lot of these guys uh, played multiple positions. You know, you look at kind of the, the the balance of the running back position with Christian Clark and Jarrett Gibbs, and obviously Ryan Wingo and Parker Livingstone and Freddie Dubose, obviously three different kind of guys at the receiver room all have, you know, experience returning kicks and punts. You know, Jordan Washington, basketball background. We have, you know, all sorts of – uh, of positions filled on the offensive line with the three guys in the class. And then with the secondary specifically, and I think this is where we'll see it immediately. 
The yeah. five guys that Texas signed today, you talk about being able to, to mix and match and pull and swap and switch and do whatever you want to do with how these guys fit into this uh, defensive back class and, and, and this, this room once they get on campus. That's exciting to me. And it's, it's a testament to them for being coachable at the high school ranks. And it's also, you know, a tip of the cap to the Texas uh, recruiting staff to find these guys and to say, you know what, you you project well, you know, you you play well on the field, but we some we see a bigger uh, picture for you, and you know, we're, we may not know where that might be right away, but because of how talented you are and the versatility that you have shown at the high school ranks, we'll find a spot for you, and and just basically trust us is is what I'm getting at. So versatility was something that really stood out to me today. Uh, it, it was seemingly hit at every single position with linebackers still in, uh, you know, on the table in terms of being filled up. Uh, some people are asking that it's, you know, they're saying it's 630. Where's the Ty Anthony Smith announcement? So right. these things are usually, it can be multi-people. I believe there are several athletes from Jasper High School who are announcing their destinations at this ceremony and they can have some filibustering going on people giving speeches and things so things don't always start right on the dot so once we get the information we'll be sure to pass that along to you back to coach Sarkeesian's news conference earlier today he mentioned the early enrollees and we have 15 to 16 number currently but he's got a good idea who's going to jump in the pool because he said we could have 20 coming up starting in a couple of weeks so you're going to have 20 new players enter the That's system crazy. on January 16th, I wow. believe. That's a whole semester of work with your program. And just think back to last season, how those freshmen wow. who came in early, how much they were able to contribute and what a you know step ahead they gained by doing that. So that just bodes well for the future. Ray, that is a great point. And I want to, I want to talk about how they got to 20. Okay. So first of all, they're at 15 currently. Ty Anthony Smith would make it 16. And then Matthew Golden and Andrew Makuba would make it 18. Because those early enrollees I'm talking about were just high schoolers. Yeah. Then you add potentially Trey Moore. That would make it 19. And then one other that we think might, from the sounds of it, sounds like a receiver, doesn't it, CJ? Um, that would make it 20. Wow. So of that's that's how you get to that number, uh, Ray. Uh, and I, I think it's important to note that. And look, he's Sark is so far ahead of the game in recruiting. It's ridiculous. So, you know, we could talk about, you know, translation to the field and how big that was this year. It's part of him doing this. That's making that transition to the field easier. The fact that he's going to have potentially 20 guys show up for spring practice out of a total of what 26 new faces. That's ridiculous. No, no, Ray, do you remember when you were interviewing Kobe Black and he and you, you you asked great questions? You asked a lot of great questions. And one of the questions you asked him was about you know what he had seen this year for the long ones. And he he remarked that he couldn't wait to play with the team. He's like, Man, I can't wait to be there. I, I wanted to play with him when I was watching him. He said he said something was, I'm paraphrasing, but you remember mm -hmm. that remark? Sure. It feels like a lot of the guys are they had the same attitude. Like, and I want to get there right now. I'm trying to be a part of this as soon as possible. I want to be on that team. Bobby, right. you remark players are the best recruiters. They're getting some guys who have, you know, connections with players who are not on the team, played with them in high school, whether it be your, you know, Duncan Bills and stuff like that. And they were, Jay, you know, Jaden Blue and Matthew Golden. Two like guys 
they want to be a part of this because they've been told by people they trust who are former teammates and things mm-hmm. of that because they know, hey, man, there's something special happening. Y'all need to get here. It's it's going down. It's going down. Mm-hmm. It's happening. And and I, it, that's what it feels like to me with all these guys, this rush of players trying to get here early and be a part of what they think is a special I don't know. This has got to be a special event happening at Texas right now. I'm just throwing it, it, I don't know. It feels like that anyway. No, I got you. And I look for signals or signs. And so I, I like to watch the Longhorn Network, the post game show. I try to turn it over as soon as I can. And I watch, you know, the celebration, the eyes of Texas, things like yeah. that. And you can see the players buy in on everything. They're just as happy as can be. And it's the young guys. It's, I always keep bringing up the same kids. It's, Jelani McDonald, Trey Wisner, Billy Walton. You see, they're always – I think they know how to get on camera because they always crowd around <laughs> Coach Sarkeesian because they always turn the camera on Sark when he does the – hook them for the eyes, right? So these kids are clever. They get right there. It's just like uh, Adonai Mitchell knows to go up and celebrate with Burt Auburn. Yeah. <laughs> the camera's on Burt Auburn. So that way Adonai gets more, you know, and plus he's a great teammate. I get it. I'm kidding a little bit. But, yeah, those kids are buying it, even though they may only see the field because of special teams. So they're not sitting there sulking and saying, I'm a four-star, five-star. I should be playing right now, damn it. No, they're happy to be part of the team. They're bought in. They're running down on kickoffs. And even though most of them fly out of the end zone, they're getting their, you know, uniforms dirty. So these kids are really buying in. So I'm just really encouraged by the body language I see with a lot of players. Right? Yeah. The reports were Malik 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 was upset. And he was honestly sad that he had to leave. That he had to leave for you know for his own opportunity, so he can see the field. But the reports were that he hated making that decision. That he wanted to stay. He was having fun. That he loved his teammates. He loved being around them more. And that's why, and guys, in the in, in the NIL and transfer portal era, it's got to be. It's, it's like being a parent. I always say being a parent. I'm no, I'm one now. I always say, right. mm-hmm. uh, that'd be tougher than ever with the in social media era, right? influences on your kid that you you can't anticipate you can't really quantify you don't know how they're going to affect your child but it's part of life right same thing with the nil uh and the transfer portal i think it's tough than ever to have a good culture in college football it's just tough and really in college sports because the players have options they can leave they don't like what you're saying and nil throws money into the mix and money and character and has always been a bad mix. <laughs> we always know that, right? Money corrupts character to a certain extent. And yet Sark's been able to keep the culture really positive at Texas. And I think that's why he's so selective, guys. He knows how fragile it is with the NIL. The trans- this thing could blow up at any time. It's hard to get a good culture these days. That's why I think he's like, nah, I got to have the right mix. Got to be the right mix these days. Hey, Derek Wisner, who I believe is the uncle of Trey Wisner, put a comment in the chat at 637, said, thank you for the kind words. He's going to relay the message to Trey. Uh, Derek, I know that's sometimes hard to post in that little box. If you want to you know, write us a couple of sentences, what, what does Trey tell you about the culture with Texas? If you're willing to share that with us, we'd love to have that because we, we like to hear how the kids are adapting. And, you know, here's a kid who was a star at Connolly and then moved up to DeSoto where he wanted to get a little – higher level of competition, won a state championship, selfless player, moved from running back where he thought he'd be the star to slot receiver where he continued to star and had a great championship game. Good kid. You can tell by the way he adjusted to those changes. And then his come down here again on special team. So we'd love to hear what Trey has to say about his first year down in Austin. But uh, 
Bobby, we have some uh, Trey Moore questions here. I know you've uh, been, you know, trying to get some updates on there, but maybe not a whole lot's coming uh, there. But can you give us any updates on the slot of the uh, edge from UTSA? Yeah, absolutely. So the latest uh, is not much of a change. It's still Texas and Alabama. And as of 3.30, I do not believe he's uh, really made a decision. I think he could have made one by now. It could be tomorrow. The only timetable yesterday I was given the timetable was yesterday. Hmm. Today I said, well, what happened? And he goes, we don't know yet. And so it's going in that perpetual, you know, it's it's basically swirling around and you don't know which way it's going right now is my my personal opinion, having done this for 20, 30 years or whatever, when guys don't know, this is how it kind of, it kind of perpetuates. Uh, now it could be, he, you know, had dinner tonight and went home and said, okay, it's, it's Texas or it's Alabama. I, I just know as a three thirty, I don't think it was that way. Uh, that's the update there. A lot of people are asking who is the wide receiver that Sark was talking. Mm -hmm. to. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. I want to ask you, and I know Rod mentioned that too. Um, we don't think it's Evan Stewart. We think Texas may talk to Evan Stewart, but I don't know that he's a fit, uh, to, to Rod's point earlier. All right, so that's number one. Number two is we believe that it could be a receiver that's not even in the portal yet, that Texas doesn't know is in the portal yet. But look, there's going to be a exodus of players once these players get out of bowl games. Mm-hmm. So when they leave bowl games, they could go immediately into the portal, but they want to play in the bowl game, right? Yeah. Um, that is one of one. That is one of the things that's very possible. This is what happened with Adonai Mitchell last year, right? I mean, it, he wasn't he wasn't automatic. He, he played through the national championship game. So I mean, remember that there are going to be some good players out there. And I I will say this: Sark's patience is underrated. It's an underrated aspect of him and being patient and finding the right receiver. If it happens two weeks later than everybody else wants it to happen has mm -hmm. paid off for him time and time again. He hasn't rushed like two, like two years ago, he could have rushed to fill his offensive line class because he, he knew he needed uh, numbers guys. He didn't rush. He just stuck with his plan. Yeah. Uh, I, Sark, uh, Sark as a recruiter and the patience he's shown, it's, that's very, very difficult because what do you do if you don't have the offensive lineman coming in? Exactly. Right? I mean, what, that's a bold strategy. Just, that's, a, you know, that's like, okay, <laughs> I'm all in. Yeah. I know well, I have a pair. I know I have a pair of jacks. That yeah. guy may have aces. Totally. I'm all in. The Ty Anthony Smith thing is kind of, uh, you know, bold, right? It's like, no, I'm recruiting you, only linebacker. If I don't get you, then we just don't get a linebacker. It's like, well, you need a linebacker. It's like, no, nope, that's. We're rolling the dice on it. And, you know, hey, there, you know, there was some talk that, you know, Mac did that a couple of times at like quarterback. Like, hey, man, only quarterback recruiting is you, that kind of thing. It's a roll of the dice. It could blow up in your face. Sark believes in his methods. I'll just say that, his methods. And his methods are all about relationships. Like, hey, man, I, you know, we always, you know, recruit to the whistle has become one of those terms thrown out there, recruit to the whistle. That's what this staff is all about, and it pays off for them because they get flipmas, right? You like these guys to flip at the last minute because Kelvin Banks is one of those guys. Like, nah, all right, you, you know what? You stayed loyal. I'm down with it. You know what? You've been you've been down from the beginning, even though we, you know, disagreed or I went to another school and committed, decommitted. So I think Sark, his methods obviously are paying off right now, and he's, he's doubling down on them. Once again, we are waiting on Ty Anthony Smith, a linebacker from Jasper, Texas. Matthew, I know that uh, you made up a nice-looking graphic with some uh, details on Ty Anthony, his uh, height and weight. 
Uh, if we have that available, I wouldn't mind you putting that up so we can get a look at some of the uh, stats mm -hmm. there. Uh, CJ, you're a guy who uh, gets out and looks at these guys in person. Tell us a little bit about what uh, Ty Anthony Smith brings to a football team. Yeah, big fan of Ty Anthony Smith. Again, it, it's the recurring theme of versatility with a lot of these guys. Uh, Ty Anthony Smith is no different at the linebacker position, obviously. Uh, having played safety in seven-on-seven, seven, he has the experience in dropping back, reading uh, you know, route concepts, and being able to adjust to the to the football while it's in the air, but he's also playing in an area of Texas that really, really, uh, you know, kind of embraces running the rock. And so he's been met with a lot of rushing offenses as well. It's good size. You know, he will add weight, obviously. Um, I, I think there is uh, a development there as most linebackers will undergo once they get to the college ranks in terms of uh, blitzing the quarterback and finding ways to get home. Obviously, the athleticism at Jasper is, you know, probably head and shoulders uh, above what he normally is playing in that area, um, uh, in the trenches specifically. Um, so, yeah, a lot to be excited about with Ty Anthony Smith. And, you know, with what we've seen from Texas linebackers over the last couple of years in terms of development and getting towards uh, the, the ultimate goal of the NFL – it's no secret to think that he won't take that next step as well once he gets to campus, should he pick the Longhorns. You know, that is something that uh, Texas has pitched to him is the recent success of developing linebackers. And obviously it certainly helps when you're also being pitched as the only linebacker in the 2024 class. I want to add something and here. Go ahead. I want to add do. something here, Ray, if you don't mind. Uh, sure, sure. Anthony Smith is a uh, fit to what Texas is trying to do on defense. And I talked to Rod and CJ both about this. They're looking for more long levered defenders in the SEC. And what that means is wingspan. Mm. You know, our friend Jerry Hamilton talks about it a lot. The importance of wingspan. Well, Ty Anthony Smith for a linebacker, large wingspan, even though he's six foot one. Zena at, at edge. Long wingspan. Colin Simmons, even at six, two and a half, long wingspan for his size. Defensive backfield. Rod talked about this. All of those guys, long arms. Um, and so th that is something that Texas is looking for to build its team around in some ways uh, because they think that's the way uh, of the future and, and way that they need to go into the SEC. They need longer levered defenders across the board. It's one of the reasons why I think they didn't take or didn't really push for Xavier Atkins. A guy, if you watch him on film uh, at Summer Creek, was absolutely explosive. He's committed to LSU. Good player. Very good player. Explosive player. But may not be as long-levered as a Ty Anthony Smith. Or a Justin hey, Bobby, Williams, they also did it. Yeah, go for it. Not to cut you off, um, but Ty Anthony Smith is live on Instagram at the moment. Uh, he he okay. is in that process. Here we go. Don't It is paused on my end as well, so this is interesting. Mm -hmm. A little suspense, if you will. Is this happening at a church or the high school? Do you know? His tweet you know? said it was at a church. At a church? Yeah. We'll go back to it as soon as it goes back live. It looks like Matt may have it live now. Yeah, it, it looked like it was a an issue on Ty Anthony's side or the filming side, so. Well, here we go. This is fun. Get a live reaction. Ever done one of these? 
Have y'all seen have y'all seen the the video where the Florida State uh, publisher is uh, waiting for the results of the college football playoff? Uh oh. Oh, this is going to be real, real uh, enticing in terms of the weight. I saw a comment that said this must be Aggie Wi-Fi. <laughs> oh, no. It reminds me of the old days uh, back when uh, before Bobby even started his uh, first website, uh, Real <laughs> Player. Real Player. You'd get. Yeah. Oh, man, that's great. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> Does anybody know? There it is, Ashton. Yeah. Ashton, you came strong there, buddy. There we go. That looks like a spur orange to me. It looks orange. It looks like a hook em. Oh, I see it. I see it. I see it. I see the fans. The fans throwing it up. There we go. Somebody said hook em. It's unofficial, but, you know. It's not official until that saying. That tweet goes off in Texas. Hey, I got to be honest. Sark may be playing possum. That that signing, that paperwork may already be in Austin, and sure. he's just holding back a little bit. Nah, maybe. I, I've I've seen that happen before, where they yeah. don't announce somebody, but th- they hold the paperwork. I don't know if that's the case with with Ty Anthony, uh, but a big one there. Boom! The Ty Anthony Smith twenty two pledges now, twenty two signees plus two uh, guys in the portal uh, for the University of Texas Longhorns. Ty Anthony Smith commits to Texas. A linebacker, 6'1", 205 out of Jasper, Texas. Long committed to Texas A&M, uh, yep. but the Aggie implosion continues uh, mm. to the benefit this time of the Texas Longhorns. CJ, uh, you're talking about this. I don't know what if we have the national rankings back up yet, if they've been uh, calculated okay. this quickly. Mm. I kind of doubt it, um, but uh, it, we will see how that goes uh, and what it means, uh, et cetera, for the recruiting rankings, Texas had slipped to number five nationally behind Miami. Miami uh, uh, got a couple of big commitments today uh, and moved up. Florida State moved down in the process. So did Florida and a number of other schools as well. But uh, big one, guys. Any thoughts on this one, Rod? You've watched him a little bit. What do you, what do you see other than those long levers I talked about with, with uh, Ty Anthony Smith at Jasper? Uh, yeah, I know it does. Uh, he's one of those guys really athletic. You can run. I mean, and I love what CJ said about watching him in 707, that he's a guy that played safety in 707, because I, I do believe I talked about prioritizing coverage. I, I think that hap- I think that's the case at linebacker, too. I mean, you're the truth is you're dealing with a spread era of football, even in the SEC. You're dealing with a lot of teams that want to throw the football uh, fewer and fewer. Uh, power, you know, power run teams that you're dealing with on a game to game basis in college football, your linebackers, they used to be, you know, kind of run, you want run defender first linebackers, guys who were kind of run centric built to stop the run. And then the past secondary. Now I think it's the opposite. Now the linebackers that are built to operate in space to defend the pass. And then you can uh, turn them into, you can coach them how to take on blocks with the right leverage. You can coach them with how to, you know, take the right angles to the football. You can coach them into being better run defenders as long as they're not scared of physicality and as long as they're not afraid to engage. That's why DeMarvin Overshone translated well, right? It was like, well, we're turning a safety into a linebacker. It's going, it's going growing pains there, but at least he's not afraid of contact. So at least he'll go in there and he's enthusiastic about hitting somebody. It may not, not always be the right technique or fundamentals, but he'll do it. <laughs> and honestly, I think that's what you may get with this young man as well. Translating. 
Read sure, that, Ron Babers. Read that and make yourself feel good. Oh, Texas going in the right direction with a culture coming oh. behind it. I'm joining the troops. Time to, thank you, UT Parker. <laughs> I mean, you're seeing these quotes, right? You'll see. Yeah. Uh, I'll get the quote from Phil Samee because I his quote blew. It, it kind of blew my mind when I saw it earlier today. And I was like, wow. Uh, and this was when he committed. So it wasn't today, but it was when he committed initially, not the signing. He said, Texas is going to get all the top guys. Kids in Texas want to go play for UT. And that's why I chose them. And oh no, like I said, it Texas, it feels like Texas is becoming the it school again. I was here last time, Texas wasn't the it school, and then they had to you know set the standard again and reinvent the program. And Mac did it in, in 99 when I came, he was in the midst of doing it. And I remember all the little details that Mac was really emphasizing about the program. Like one of the little details that y'all would think is stupid, but mattered to Mac was switching from Reebok to Nike. And he was like, nah, we got to go to Nike, man. We gotta he kept telling the recruits, like, hey, guys, we're going to be Nike. Don't worry about that Reebok stuff. Because he knew to a 17-year-old kid, it's stupid, but Nike mattered. Because Nike was cool, and cool is currency in recruiting. So Mac was cool back then. Now, he, now Mac is still cool, but he's a grandfather now. He's still cool. Uh, but <laughs> Mac came from Carolina where he knew what the Nike brand could do. And he knew the influence of us. He's like, nah, guys, we Nike. So the young guys are like, yeah, Nike. Guys, I sat down with Anthony Hill, and I was like, hey, you know, we asked him, you know, what are you, Third and Longhorns, great podcast. Go check it out. Asked him what you like about Sark, man. And one of the first things he mentioned was, man, his shoes are awesome. Got them great kids. <laughs> cool, man. His shoe game is off the chain. Look, it's because it's cool. Cool is kind of, we ain't cool no more. We old. CJ's cool because CJ's young. <laughs> But Bobby, right? We ain't cool no more. We cool. And, and by the way, when you're old, I can you're put cool, my hood up. Cool. Right. <laughs> so, but my, but my point is, Mac knew I got to take Texas from being uncool to being cool again. And Ricky, Ricky, what really was the basically he was the conduit. Ricky allowed Mac to make Texas cool again because he gave you the rebel with a cause. Then Mac thought about the details like Nike getting Sims, a celebrity quarterback, always helps. Sark got his celebrity quarterback in Arch Manning. You get a celebrity endorsement. Hey, everybody's being on celebrity endorsements. Look on your television. Everywhere you look, there's a celebrity endorsing some damn product that you don't even know what the hell it is. You're like, hey, but I recognize her. Uh, I recognize Jennifer Anderson, but I don't know what the product is. I don't care. All right, but that's the whole thing. A celebrity endorsement also holds true in football. And when the Mannings gave Sark celebrity endorsement, I think it had one of the similar effects to when Sims switched from Tennessee. By the way, y'all don't even remember this because y'all not old enough. At one point, at the beginning of the internet, CJ, all right, beginning of the internet era, you would type in to the search engine, UT, and Tennessee would come up. Tennessee, not you, not Texas, Tennessee. Now, you type it in, of course, Texas comes up, because Texas is the prominent brand when it comes to UT. You don't think about Tennessee. My point is, when, 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 when you flip the celebrity quarterback in 99, Sims, from Tennessee, all right, where Manning had Manning had just attended there, and they won a national title. Not with the Manning, but they won a national title, and they had the Manning brand associated with it. Mac flipped him, and he mm -hmm. also flipped the cool with it, and made Texas kind of the it brand. But along with Ricky Williams and, the, and the switching the night, Mac thought about those details. My point is this: Sark's thinking about those details. He's really into the details about guys he's bringing into the culture, how the culture is perceived, all these little things. And it's making a difference. It's a turning Texas into being the it school again. And I remember when it was here. 
last time. And it became the it school again. And I was, and when VY, VY was the, the apex, right? He was a zenith of it where he's on the stage, Austin, Texas, baby, national title. Everybody's like, damn, huh? that's the, that's the coolest program in the country right now. I'm not saying we're there yet, but that's the, the you know, you're ascending. You're ascending. Sure. I, I got to I got, this is maybe the best question of all the whole chat. Ski Brett, <laughs> what is Reebok? <laughs> that hey. state right there, big guys. Rod, <laughs> I know he said it tongue in cheek, but it's so true. No, Rod hurt his toes. You hurt your toes wearing Reeboks, Rod, didn't you? Oh man, I had so many toenails fall off wearing Reebok. It was terrible football cleats. But Mac <laughs> knew, man. Mac knew. Hey, as long as we're gonna be Nike, we'll be good. And like I said, I, I seen a coach thinking about the details in the program that relate mm-hmm. to the culture, that relate to the perception, the brand. D.K.R. did that, dog. D.K.R. was the one that came up with a lot of the stuff that, you know, as tradition now, because he was thinking about the details. And when you got a coach that can be a CEO, play caller with Sark too, but also he's the, you know, he's the person, a personnel man. He, he wants to have his fingers and everything. Even Mac wasn't doing that. Mac wasn't doing Mac. Mac was a Mac was great. Mac Mac was unbelievable. Mac still is Hall of Fame coach, but he wasn't play calling. He wasn't he wasn't dipping you know his hands into everything. Seems like Sark wants to be in all that. He wants a little. He wants to be in all of it, just a little bit. And it, it's honestly, it's pretty. It's really impressive. It's extremely impressive considering this is his best coaching job that he's done, and it's because all he's got the BBs in the box, back in the box as Mac would say. Yep. Hey, I want to ask y'all a question. What does this do to the recruiting, the Texas recruiting class on defense? It kind of it connects the, the, you know, it's a linebacker group now that has at least one guy. They've got three guys up front in the middle. They've got two edges. They got five DBs. Um, you know, pretty strong defensive recruiting class on the side of the ball where they definitely needed to replenish some guys. CJ, what do you think about the Texas defensive recruiting class right now? Yeah, I'm definitely of the mindset that regardless of your situation or your approach to the portal, you want to take guy from the high school ranks at each position, each cycle. I think that is the way you sustain depth, and I think that's the way that you continually have someone in the room that you can potentially develop into being a contributor. And you that you know, I, I look back to uh, what is it the, the last years of. Uh, uh, Tom Herman, when Texas had to move linebackers over to be running backs because there was just there's two scholarship guys at the position that that affects your team in more ways than one. When you look into a room and you see, you know, three chairs where it's just it, it, it creates a mindset that, you know, when things go wrong, you're looking around, you're like, well, you know, maybe if we had another running back or maybe if we had a linebacker that could tackle in the flats rather than the converted safety or corner it it helps bring together a we've got a guy you know we it's uh one of my my favorite comedy skits is Shane Gillis recently and he's talking about you know Alabama he's big and he goes you know I never want to be a high school coach but if I did want to be a high school coach it's so I could walk out of the half at, at, at midfield after games and just say we got guys you know, and I, I think about that in recruiting because that, that's what it is. You know, it's the accumulation of getting, uh, you know, talented prospects to buy into your program and eventually go turn into dogs on the field. And that's what Texas is doing at each position that we can now check off a box with Ty Anthony Smith committing for the linebacker position. Uh, it also, like as I mentioned, continually bringing in younger guys is only going to help 
sharpen the iron that is already in place on campus at the moment as well. And we talked about, you know, the four or five guys that Texas is uh, already having on campus from the 2023 cycle. Adding another body to that mix is only going to have them looking over their shoulder saying, you know what, this kid's pretty good. You know, he can cover pretty well. He's not afraid to blitz. He can tackle at the line of scrimmage. I need to up my game. It's the yep. continual wheel of development and production on the field that we only see as a result of taking high school guys at each position, in my opinion. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Hey, You're Rod, I have, I, have, I have something. Go ahead, Ray. You no, had I was just, like... just reminding folks what they're watching because we're nearing the top of the hour here. Uh, that's the old radio guy. I wasn't really a radio guy, but uh, I've heard no. radio guys say that. Rod is yeah. a radio guy, though. You, you do top <laughs> of the hour, right? On Texas football, the, the live stream, uh, there are some uh, significant yeah. logos that Matthew put this, on This the is what I wanted to bring up. Right? I asked That's Matt point, to bring though. this up exactly for Rod because yeah. this is what he's talking about yep. when he talks about how Texas is – look look at that. I mean, those are very powerful logos, right? ESPN is exactly. number one in sports. Yep. Nike number one in apparel. SEC is the number one conference. Texas is the number one brand in college sports, and they're all aligned right now. That's a great point, Bobby. And maybe the Sark, and I'll actually say Sark, it's not all Sark because it's Jay Hartzell. Shout out to Jay Hartzell. I'm a big fan of his too. I'm a big fan of Kevin L. type, right? You got the Holy Trinity behind the scenes that's working really well together. But, you know, Max Big Nike push, you know, to to have the brand associated with another elite cool brand is kind of Texas push to go to the SEC in a sense. It's like, hey, no, no, no. Uh, Texas needs to up its uh, standard and association. Right, they talk about brand association and sales all the time. Right, brand association. Texas wants his brand association not with the Big Twelve anymore, with the SEC, the best football conference in the history of college football. Done. Period. That's where we're going. Now there are guys who are choosing Texas. That's part of their evaluation. Oh no, they're playing in the SEC. And by the way, once once again, that used to be one of the things they would negatively recruit against Texas. Right, that was one of them. Uh, you know they're playing in the Big Twelve scrubs. You know, the NFL yeah. scouts don't like Big 12 film. They always talk about the Big 12. Ain't no defense played in the Big 12. So, no, I'm saying that was one of the, the negative. I, I, I talked to a lot of coaches. That was one of the points. You walk in the living room and you're recruiting against Texas. Oh, man, you know, they play in the Big 12. That's some weak football. So, you know, whether it's true or not, that's a perception, right? Oh, Texas, I mean, they don't develop talent. You go there and you see what Garrett Wilson said. You go there as a five-star. Now, you're probably going to come out as a three-star underdevelopment. They don't. Look at the guys that got drafted. They don't have a lot of guys drafted. You can't negatively recruit that again because they're going to have like six, seven guys this year. All right? They're playing in the SEC. 
next year. Toughest brand of football you can play in. And on top of that, competing for championships in the college football playoff. All of the things that coaches would walk into a living room and go, young man, you're really choosing Texas? They don't compete for titles. They underachieve as a program. They, you know, they don't develop talent really well. Coaching turnover all over the place. All right. And they're playing a big 12 scrub version of football. You can't mention any of that. You got to change your sales pitch against Texas now. Last 15 years, that's been, you know that, Bobby. That's that's been talking points. Every every recruiter goes out. Hey, just so you know. And, and by the way, coaches got numbers on Texas hit rates on five stars. And, and how low they are compared to Alabama or Georgia. They got that on them when they walk in the living room, man. They got it. They got how many draft picks they have compared to Texas. They got that on them saying, dude, you so you know. Ain't no, they, they, we we right. double the amount of draft picks they got. You ain't got none of that now to sell against Texas, man. I don't know how the hell you recruit against them now. I don't. I, I don't. You guys guess you got to pay more money? How you going to do that when Texas <laughs> got BMDs all over the place that are excited now? I don't know what you do. <laughs> hey, this one from Trooper Green. How many years did Texas recruit paper five stars and get field and locker room three stars? T Sweat was a three star, right? This is a great and uh, you know articulate comment there. I I, I love that kind of kind of thought great. process because you know end of the day it's about it's about winning, you know, and none of this gets talked. None of this happens without Texas winning. But Sark had put the pieces in place to make that a reality and make that a possibility. And that's why he gets, uh, I mean, I, not a pat on the back. I mean, what's that worth for me? But that's that's how I'm, you know, thinking about it. I mean, that's why that's why I'm excited about where it's at. Hey, this one is another comment here. Uh, Kevin Jones, Chip Kelly says he thinks there should be two or th- two to three year contracts with players and collective bargaining with players who want to be paid in order to keep them from hitting the portal whenever they want. Agree or disagree? I mean, that's one structure. Here's what I would say to that. Is Chip Kelly a player's coach? Or is Chip Kelly one of those guys that kind of gets down on his kids a little bit? And maybe, you know, look, if you're a player's coach, you're gaining more than you're losing in in, uh, the portal. That's, that's reality. And, and through the portal and or through high school recruiting, you're gaining yeah. more than you're losing. Yeah, control only helps management, guys. They want control. It's like the NFL. The NFL wants control. They want contracts. So, yeah, you gotta, you know you got to be here. And there are stipulations in this contract that usually help management. This freedom and flexibility, I think it helps the worker. <laughs> and it helps labor. And that's the players because they can move. And NCAA has already said, guys, I don't know if y'all have been paying attention, they are not going to penalize guys for multiple transfers. They don't want to go to court because the Supreme mm-hmm. Court, the highest court in the land, has already told them, we think you are a corrupt entity. We think <laughs> you're a borderline criminal syndicate. And if anybody brings us a case, we will rule against you. They've already pretty much said that. So they don't want to, They want litigation at all. So they've already said you can now transfer multiple times without penalty. They're not gonna, they're not gonna police it. Guys, that's free agency. That's it. <laughs> We've been watching it already, but now it's happening. So, yeah, it, it, the players right now in this agreement, they're the ones who are winning. because They can get paid multiple times. Dylan Gabriel just transferred again. I mean, you got guys that can get paid like two, three times in college, right? man. I'm so upset because I could have got – I was born way too early. <laughs> could have got paid like three, four times. I'm just joking. I would have been a longhorn. But still, my point is uh, you get it. You get it. 
Good point. Hey, that thanks to Kevin point. Jones for that super chat. And by the way, there is something here called a super chat, and you're uh, welcome to participate, and we hope you do. And you can uh, just kind of click on that little money icon there, and we'll move your question to the top and get it answered here on On Texas Football on this Wednesday night live stream, the special edition talking about uh, recruiting and the signees today. It's been a very big day, a very good day for the University of Texas. Again, if you missed it, about 10, 15 minutes ago, Ty Anthony Smith, linebacker from Jasper, linebacker from Jasper, did commit to the University of Texas. Presumably, his uh, paperwork is in because they've been sending out the tweets, and so you can't do that without it being official. So that's another bit of great news there. Speaking of Super Chats, Mark VQZ has one too, and uh, he reminds us uh, about Dylan Gabriel's old school Oklahoma. <laughs> so, of course, he sent this a while back. What is oh, it yeah. now? About 705, 706, and uh, yeah, you get it. Uh, oh, you, you know what? I will say this. I, I want to say this because not everybody on these chat went to uh, went to Texas or, or what have you. That's a saying that that when I was going when I was living at Texas in the dorm. Somebody just randomly would say it's seven thirty-three, and then the eight people in the in the dorm that were walking to class next to me next to me would say, "And oh, you still suck." Right. So if you if you haven't experienced that yet, that's what that's in reference to. Uh, it, it's a uh, it's a thing that uh, has been going on since the dawn of time. I think uh, yeah. a little yeah. healthy fun uh, yeah. there. I went to college back in the dawn of time, and we did it back then. Oh, exactly. <laughs> you, you know, it unites generations alone. Fan. You can do it from a guy that's from the, the 60s and the 70s with a group from the 20 for the 2010s, and they would still all say the same thing, like you said, and oh, you still sucks. It's a <laughs> it unites us all. Yeah. Hey, Matthew, I don't know uh how do we have graphics made up of some of the players? I don't know. Uh Bobby, would you like to discuss just a few of the uh, yeah, I, I tell you what. Let's let me do this. Let me do this, Ray. I'm going to ask Rod a couple of questions. Or ask CJ a couple of questions about specific players, and I I'm going to just kind of bring them up and make y'all go kind of ad hoc because this one I think is one of Rod's favorite guys. So I'm going to let him start here. Xavier oh. Phil Sami, the speedy safety that flipped from Florida to Texas on Monday that started that uh, just a crazy Monday uh, for all Texas fans with three commitments. Uh, from three different categories, a high school flip from Florida, a, a portal guy from Clemson, as well as a 2025 commitment uh, in Brandon Brown, or excuse me, Amory Winston, uh, the tight end out of uh, Calhoun, Georgia. Uh, I love him. I mean, I really, not not obviously love him like that, but as a, a skill set, I love the skill set. I should say that he's uh, he really does. He the, the, and my man CJ brought this up too. Uh, the speed jumps off the film when you watch him i mean he just he's electric uh in terms of his speed closing speed and coverage speed um he's got the coverage speed to be able to cover guys from the slot um, and i think that's something sark even said today he said all the dbs that we have in this class have size they have length so to your point bobby what you brought up earlier length and what i've talked about prioritizing coverage because you can't coach coverage you got to recruit it he says the ability to play man coverage whether it's safety star or corner so and that i think he's talking about obviously feels to me in that group because he can cover and i think there i think the coach that finally figured out you know what we can't coach or develop that let's recruit that but we we trust our development in all other aspects of the game and one thing also i love about him is his elite closing speed now that's different 
and coverage speed and closing speed are different. There's also catch-up speed. Uh, when DBs are beaten, they, some guys have better catch-up speed. When, I'm, when I say closing speed, I mean closing in on your target. Right. Once you identify the target, the ball carrier, being able to close, all right, that gap, whatever it may be, and do it and, and, and do it in a really, really that efficient amount of time. And he does that really well. And he does it from distance. And you can see it even on the film. Texas plays, I'll say top 10 rate, all right, in the power five quarters coverage. They in the last two years, that's a, it's a heavy Gary Patterson influence. That was Gary Patterson's, that was his antidote to the Big 12. He loved a lot of quarters coverage, match quarters, some traditional quarters coverage. That's just simply cover four when you got four deep defenders. When you got four deep defenders, your safeties have to be force run defenders. I always say you got you can only have, you know, you got so many guys in the box, but you can have however many guys you want in the fit. Just because you got six guys in the box to defend the run doesn't mean they're just six guys in the run fit. You got eight, nine guys in the run fit. That's where those deep safeties come in. And you can have a guy like Xavier uh, Fields to me and Derek Williams playing from depth. You even saw Derek Williams do it a few times this year and close, all right, close on in running the alley down to become a force run defender. And you do that by the, being able to know where the ball is going to pop. I've heard Michael Griffin talk about this, canceling gaps. Great safeties will cancel gaps. You trust that your defenders are going to take away certain gaps based on the front that you're playing. And when they cancel those gaps, if everybody's taking care of their responsibilities as a safety, you should be able to accurately predict where the ball's going to pop. All right, because you know exactly where the other force run defenders are. You know who's got uh, who's going to force the run inside. You know who's uh, you know who's two gapping, whatever it may be. And if you know, and that's what football IQ comes into play. If you know what your other defenders are doing, you can run the alley and predict exactly and have a have a precise beeline to the football and have a precise angle to the football and know exactly where the ball's going to pop. Jalen Catalan was the best at this on the, on the roster. He was amazing at it. Just can't stay healthy. I called him Ali Catalan. All right. He was great at it. But now you got some young DBs who also can be forced run defenders. So you can play with a light box initially and you can deter deep vertical routes with the alignment of your safety. Just being deep, they can still come down a beeline and be a forced run defender. Essentially giving them two roles to play, uh, but giving you extra defenders on the field because of their skill set and their elite closing speed. All right, uh, CJ, I'm going to ask you that. That's one of the reasons why, because I, I can tell by how Rod, how animated Rod gets when he talks about people, how much he likes them a little bit. And so, you know, <laughs> yeah. I knew that that would evoke that, that uh, response. And I think this one will, will evoke a similar one to CJ. And that's Parker Livingstone, young man out of Lovejoy High School, uh, 6'3", 190-pound wide receiver that was injured most of his uh, senior year. Not a high, not the highly, highest rated guy, but he's someone Sark, that Sark and his staff identified early and stuck on all the way through, CJ. Yeah, that was absolutely one of the it, – it's actually a funny story. Um, Sarkeesian mentioned in his press conference today, he went and saw – Lovejoy play Melissa uh, last year. He was in attendance with uh, Kyle Flood. I was actually at that game as well. And so it was it was fun to kind of see, you know, the two of them on the sideline kind of conversing back and forth with one another. Uh, obviously, Kyle Parker was on the field. Uh, Nigel Smith, Jackson Ford, who ended up at Tulsa after a stint in the Oregon class. There were a lot of ball players on the field in that game. And, you know, this was really when Texas was starting to become a player for Parker Livingstone. And, you know, it's it's funny because, you know, shortly after that season, Brennan Marion moves on to be the offensive coordinator 
at at uh, UNLV. And, you know, what did he coach at Texas? Wide receivers. Well, you know who was the first to text me about Parker or about, you know, a potential, you know, fit at that Texas uh, wide receiver spot? It's Parker Livingstone. He's, you know, he's sitting around. He's like, hey, man, do you, what do you know? Do, do you think, uh, you know, we're going to find out who this guy is? Do I need to reach out to him? Are they going to know who I am? Is Sark, you know, <laughs> going to have a spot for me? I'm like, listen, take a breath. You know, this this happens. Wait for Sarkeesian to announce his guy and then get in contact with him once again because there's a reason why Texas was in to Parker Livingston. There's a reason why Sarkeesian was at his game to watch him in person and, 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 and really be involved in his recruitment, and that's because there's high hopes for him. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I've mentioned it before, but very rarely do you see guys that are 6'3", 6'4", in, that, in that, that, that height range that are able to return kicks and punts so fluidly. Here's the clip I, uh, I actually took week one this season whenever he was fully healthy. This is uh, against College Station, a, a team that is two years removed from the, the state playoffs. I mean, it's just like, guys that height shouldn't be able to move that fluidly in mm. terms of the stop and go and left and right. It was impressive. That was probably his fourth touchdown of the game. You can see up at the top, they have 43 points on the board. I was a huge fan, huge believer of Parker Livingstone. Uh, that was after he threw for a touchdown. He received two, and then to put icing on the ta- on the cake and and put a 50-burger on the board for his team week one, he does that. So a big-time believer in him. I know that, that that nagging kind of foot injury that he dealt with later in the season kind of derailed the spike in, in recruiting rankings that you know many people were hoping for especially on the Texas side of things. So uh, that's unfortunate. But again, when you get this kid fully healthy and you kind of get the entire, uh, uh, you know, box of tools that he brings with them to the 40 acres, he's going to be a special player. And I trust that Steve Sarkeesian and Chris Jackson will find a, a meaningful role for him while he's uh, on campus here. Nice. All right. Got a couple more questions here that I want to uh, address. Mike Gosnell asking, how many more recruits can Texas take in this cycle? We initially said 21 to 23. Uh, on the high school side. They're at 22 now. I think they could push up to 24 if they need to. I still think they're going to take at least one high school defensive lineman in addition to where they're at right now. Those prospects that I believe that they're in on now, D'Alan Evans out of Longview, who delayed his decision today, has been committed to A&M. He will now wait until February. Alex Mm -hmm. Foster out of Greenville, Mississippi. He visited Texas over the weekend. He will now wait until February as well. He's committed to Baylor. Dominic McKinley has begun a five-star out of Lafayette, has been committed to Texas A&M for months. He's now going to wait until February as well. Texas in on all three of those guys. There could also be a high school wide receiver in that mix, and I think they'll just be opportunistic, Mike, for that 24 spot if they find the right guy. Uh, this one from George Lopez. Who are you all most excited about on each side of the ball? Hook them horns. Ray Peters. It's time for you to answer one of these questions, big guy. Hmm. Who's your favorite recruit on offense and defense? Oh, wow. Good. Ray, did you hear me? Can you hear me? My, I think my uh, Wi-Fi was crapping out there. I apologize. So I see, I did see George's question. I also see another one that focuses on me, which I'm afraid of here in a few minutes. <laughs> but, uh, hey, no, here's the – I want to know. We're asking you, who's your favorite offensive and defensive player in this in this class? 
Well, the easy answer is Colin Simmons because I just uh, I, I know that we we need the guy that can be on the edge and can dip his shoulder and uh, go get the quarterback. So I think that you've got three important players on a football field, the quarterback, the guy that protects the quarterback's blind side, and the guy that can go get the quarterback. So mm-hmm. I'm really excited that we've got Colin uh, on, on that side right there. Um, I'm, you know, Wingo, let's – I want to see if he's really going to be able to bring the speed that he professes to have uh, or that the track time say, yes, was he 10, six, something like that at 200 plus pounds. So that's kind of a difference maker. So if you can have the, uh, the big guy who can haul it like that, I, I would assume that his yards after catch would be pretty nice. So I'm really excited to see what Ryan can do on a football field. Rod, what about you, bud? Your two favorites, offensive defense. Mm, that's good. Um, Man, I, it's hard not to go DB because there's so many of them, right? I, I would like to go again, you know, with another position on defense, but I feel like I'm obligated to do it because the what five DBs in this class coming in. Um, I'm gonna go with my favorite DB. Damn it! I, and then would then I'm gonna be redundant because I think I'm gonna go Xavier Fields and me. So I just went off about Xavier Fields and me, so I'm not gonna do that. Let's put him to the side. Uh, can I pick? Can I can I go with Makuba? Is that against? Yes. Is that good? That's, 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 that's not really high school, bro. Look, okay. you can do whatever you want. This is our show, Rod. You can no, do whatever you want. You know what? Now you know what? Then I'll go Kobe Black. It's easy. There's so many good ones in this class. I'm good. I'll, I'll go Kobe Black. Because Kobe Black is a, a shutdown corner. He even talked about it uh, when it, and Ray got a chance to speak to him, that they've been pitching him as a boundary corner, right? Basically taking Ryan Watts' spot. This is a guy that's got all the raw tools, man. He, I think he'd be a ball hawk, too. I usually put defenders in three categories, ball hawk, technician, or disruptor. He's a technician because I think he really can be a guy that can replicate the same uh, high-level technique over and over again, which is what you need to do. You're going to play press over and over again um, and also be a ball hawk. I think his – He's a guy that played offense. I think his ball skills could easily translate uh, to playing press corner there. Um, I, I do think he's a guy that could have the same track as a Malik Muhammad, where you know by midseason he's he's in the rotation of corners there, and maybe by the end of the season he's getting even more valuable reps. And hell, by the next season he's a guy that projected to be competing for a starting spot or be a starter for you. I think he projects to be the same kind of developmental track. Got it. What about you, CJ? Offense, defense, I'm sticking player. with Brandon Baker. I love him. Mm, good one. And I, I really liked what Sarkeesian said about him today. You know, when you think about tackle prospects and Brandon Baker, he said, you know, basically he looks like he was built in the lab to play, you know, right or left tackle. And I love that because it, it shows the physicality that is necessary, but also the footwork and the ability to move laterally uh, when you're you're pass rushing against these speed guys off the edge. I love that comment from Steve Sarkeesian. And he even doubled down and said, you know, when we watched his film, it felt like it was Calvin Banks all over again. That's wild. We've seen how good he he's been. <laughs> so that's exciting for me. Uh, defensively, uh, I might be stealing yours here, Bobby, but I really like Dontre Robinson, you know, out of Florida. And we've talked a lot about him and just – you know, we see the raw film. We see what his body's looking like right now, but the production screams off the off the off the tape. When he gets his body right and he loses a little bit of that that baby fat and replaces that with you know what Tory Beckton and his his staff are gonna you know kind of build him up with. I'm thinking you're looking at a, a guy that has an incredibly high ceiling uh, that 
that can certainly cause a lot of havoc on the interior and just create a mess for interior offensive linemen uh, each Saturday that he is on the field. I think he is a true wrecking ball in the middle right there. And, I mean, we've seen how important it is to have interior guys that can can really, you know, flip the switch and become a game breaker, uh, turn back to NFL street. But I, I think he certainly falls into that category. Yep. Interesting. I'm, I'm going to go uh, maybe somebody that, that everybody doesn't, doesn't realize that I might go with. I'm going with Christian Clark on offense. I knew that. Uh, I could have been been talking about him. You've been talking about him for months. (laughs) (laughs) He's my guy. Um, And we'll see. I I hope I'm not wrong, but I I just feel like he's got a little something special to him. Um, I I will say this, Rod or Ray, you mentioned the speed on Ryan Wingo. He has a wind dated 10.50 as a personal best, but he has a wind legal 10.55. Ooh, so wow. he's pretty fast <laughs> at six foot, six foot two or six foot three, whatever he came in at. Uh, all right. A couple more questions. Uh, we're about done here with tonight's uh, last live stream of the night. Appreciate you guys joining us. Uh, these two from invincible, anybody not named Quinn coming back next year, JT Sanders question mark. And then also, is there a chance we flip McKinley? And this is for annex. We mentioned that the possibility is there for Dominic McKinley McKinley. We're going to wait until February. Texas may get another unofficial visit for Dominic McKinley. Steve Sarkeesian saved his in-home visit for this very possibility, too. Don't forget that. Some people went ahead and used theirs. Sark saved his. As far as players coming back next year, CJ, I would love to hear what you've heard. I've heard JT Sanders is 75-25 going. Uh, There are are other names out there, though, like Adonai Mitchell. Uh, We believe he's probably going pro whenever he starts seeing the amount of money he could make in the first late first round of the first uh, of yeah. the uh, of the NFL draft, or even in the second, uh, we've we've heard other names as possibilities. David Benda, Jake Majors, we believe is coming back, uh, but there, there are some others out there that we. I mean, look, we just don't know. Uh, have you heard anybody else uh, in that regard from the from your vantage point, CJ? Yeah, I, I I made my argument to Rod last night about J- Tavian Sanders coming back. I think there is more on the table for him to uh, kind of improve his stock. Uh, but guys that I've I've really circled and kind of are really intrigued to see where he will go because I don't think the draft grades will be all too favorable is Ryan Watts. You know, he's a guy that converted from safety to cornerback. He's played that 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 boundary spot for Texas the last two seasons. And there's kind of been, you know, I don't want to say inconsistencies, but there's been times where, you know, a guy's gone behind him and allowed a big play. And for guys that have been on that cusp of, of draft eligibility at the cornerback spot, that's not necessarily the recipe that you want to put on, on tape and hope that your draft stock will improve. We saw it with Deshaun Jameson coming into uh, his final year. You know, there were some times where, the athleticism just didn't quite translate to good plays on the field. And as a result, he's now an undrafted free agent, despite continually making plays in the NFL when given the opportunity uh, his rookie season. So I, I think it, you're kind of following the same path right here. If you're Ryan Watts, I'm not sure if a return is in the books, if you know a possible portal. Mm. I don't know. But it's something I'm going to closely monitor because – I, I don't think right now that the draft uh, grades will be something that will lead him to jump right into the draft right away after the season. I, yep. I would add this on on uh, 
on that. What if somebody, this would be a big one. What if somebody like Jalen Ford decided to come back? Rod Babers well, likes that idea. Well, it, it's a good, the reason that it's actually a good you know, discussion to have is because linebacker in the NFL right now is not a premium position unless you're a Micah Parson, you're a movable chess piece, right? Anthony Hill may be there, but he, he becomes a prospect because you can move him around, make put him on the edge of the pass. Now, Jalen Ford has done that, but he's basically known as being kind of one of the best, if not the best coverage linebacker in college football. And if he's not going to be, you know, basically a high draft pick in the NFL, which I don't think necessarily will be just because linebacker, unless you're spectacular, right? You're winning national awards. You're not necessarily going to be considered a high draft pick. You'll be second to, you know, middle round, a mid round draft pick. You know, you can come back, make a lot of money in IL space and still be, get the same value you did when you got to the NFL. Now, if you're worried about injuries, that would be obviously something to consider, but he's, he's, he hasn't been injury prone at all, really. I don't think he's had it. I don't think he's missed a game. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I, I'm just throwing a guy out there. That yeah, it's probably not going to be a second round pick. No, would probably be fourth or fifth round based yep. on the fact that he plays linebacker, even though he's really, really good. Um, anyways, I just put it That's out there, point. Bobby. Uh, I, I think forward, it's what's that almost unfortunate. I, I wanted to add just real quick, it's almost unfortunate he had the season he had in 2022 because had he been draft eligible and ready to depart, that stock would have been. I, I mean, the season that Agreed. he had. Last yep. year was incredible with the turnovers, the interceptions, the ultimately being in the conversation, being the runner up for the Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year. I'm not saying he regressed, but the statistical, uh, you know, money stats just weren't yeah. there. And that's no fault of his own because a lot of that is turnover luck, which is its own conversation. But that, you know, it, it, it was a, a tough year to follow up with, you know, for Jalen Ford. So that's a good point. And, you know, that it, it it's a fun conversation, you know? It is. I hope it happens. All right, All right guys. I got to say this. Uh, it's time, Ray Ray Peters, for you to do this, uh, <laughs> this next one justice. And we're going to leave you all with this. It's going to be the last one of signing day. It's in honor of the great Ty Anthony Smith, who just chose to be a Longhorn uh, during our show. Scooter Lannister, Ray Peter, Ray Peters, <laughs> please stand up. And hit that cue ball on the pool table behind you. The whole chat needs it. Ray, I know you'll do it not for Schooner Lannister, not for the chat, but you know who for? For Ty Anthony Smith. Buddy. For Ty Anthony Smith. Can we you do this? Like, this is like throwing out a uh, first pitch, right? If you screw it up, you're marked forever. <laughs> what, if, what if I just said that was a virtual background behind me? And then people go, oh, pretty good. That'd be a great virtual background. Well, Oh, it's a good God. thing. A good thing I'm wearing shorts tonight because I usually just do this bare ass naked. <laughs> nah, don't worry. That's Rod. Don't Rod's my Wednesday partner. Don't worry. That's not true. But if it were true, then I would be the one getting all the manscaped reads. <laughs> well, that's it, man. You gotta be oh, the man man. while I do this. All right. Oh, all right, here I'm we go. Cool. He, I he's gonna do it. Let oh, him know. He's doing it. He's Oh, he's, he's doing, doing it. Look at that. Okay, you got to make sure it's a good one. You got a good break, man. Don't make it a bad break. Now, the pressure is on. The pressure the is on. Don't, don't, don't scratch. scratch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, get him. Right. A little oh, warm up go. there. He had to warm up the arm. Ah! Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs>
I haven't played pool in months because the pool table used to be my desk for the computer. <laughs> that was great. That's hilarious. I, All right. I knew yeah, I'd do that. I knew I'd do that. Now I'm on the internet forever. That they got the video forever, Ray. It's, it's there forever. Love it. Scratch right off. That's all right. Hey, uh, thank y'all for joining us. In, in all seriousness, it's been a wonderful year for the Longhorns. Uh, Longhorns finished with 22 commitments, two portal transfers as of tonight. Uh, Texas in the top five in national recruiting rankings yet again, third year in a row. Uh, it ends tonight with Ty Anthony Smith flipping from Texas A&M to Texas, a young man from Jasper. We congratulate him. Hook him, Ty Anthony. Congratulations. Uh, but uh, this has been a, a long day. CJ, thank you for being with us all day. Ray, thanks for batting, stepping up the plate. Rod, thank you're you. always the man here uh, but on, you, on Texas football. Uh, for our producer, Matt Hutchison, I'm Bobby Burton. And guys, hook them. Appreciate hook it. Hook them. Hook them. Appreciate it.